Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for December 26th, 2021. Tonight, we talk about the International Men's Ice Hockey Federation World Junior Championship. Behind the Masks College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, dine-in, take-out, or catering your next event. We're at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Now at all Allegiant Stadium events as well. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. By Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile, you always get plans and phones that fit your needs. And by Burrito Express, the East Valley's home of the always available breakfast burrito, Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. College Hockey Southwest Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, college hockey fans, as it may be. Not College Hockey Southwest Weekly tonight. It is our special week of College Hockey Southwest Live. This is show number three of four where we are highlighting the uh, World Junior Championships, which have gotten crazier by the moment. Uh, Scott Strandy with you tonight at 8,537 feet above sea level in beautiful Blackhawk, Colorado, up in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you tonight? Um, I'm okay. Um was a it was it was kind of a it was a nice day out it was in the high 40s and uh the sun was out so that always makes it nice and there's no wind so that's good yeah can't argue that um <laughs> i don't even know where to start i was at uh, the university of denver today watching uh, a little practice uh, well i'll tell you i'll tell you where we can start the where can we start simple. we can start with this <laughs> hey michigan you cowards <laughs> yeah, they you can't play. play. It's COVID-related. Oh, my rear end. You're playing <laughs> the next night against Michigan Tech. Oh, yeah, it's COVID-related. There's a lot of players yeah. that they're they're missing a lot of players. And yeah, yeah, it's not gonna. Yeah, that that's that that's wrong. It's yeah. Just I wanted wrong. to get this in before anybody came on because they're not gonna say yeah. anything. Yeah, well, and, and I don't blame them. We don't. And, we don't want them to say anything. That's not their. That's not their role to do that. But oh, uh, it and, is ours and, because and, um, they they need to be playing those games. Whatever you put on the schedule is what you play. You didn't know going into the season that this game and these games were going to take place during the World Junior Tournament, and you were going to have guys that weren't there. And you also didn't you know didn't that think Western you, Michigan was going to be any good. We, <laughs> I mean, come on, seriously. I know. I, I don't know why you don't just if you're going to cancel one, just cancel both of them. They're back to back, right? Back to back nights. It. Yeah, you got to pick one or the other. Either you play them both or you don't play any. But yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's crazy. And uh, you know, before we 
before we get into Michigan too much, I called it the new Michigan. You know, they like to call that uh, wraparound goal the Michigan. Well, this is no, the I new Michigan now. This is the new Michigan to me. Uh, and everybody's uh, voiced up on it on social media. It's been crazy. I saw Brad Schlossman said something about uh, a few years ago, Dave Haxtell would have loved to have been able to, to change his schedule as needed. <laughs> well, wouldn't every According coach? To worst play- yeah, of course they would. Why would you not? Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, we laugh. It's not funny. It's not no, funny to, to Western Michigan. It's not, it's not funny to a lot of teams. So, And by the way, you know at some point, um, uh, if I'm sitting there and you know at some point, uh, and I don't like to get this far ahead in a normal year, um, you don't think they're going to try and set that up to have those two schools now play in the NCAA tournament? <laughs> Although it would play into Michigan's hands because they'd have all the players back, but that's not the point. Right. I hear you. Uh, who knows how it's going to end up? We'll find out. But, yeah, it, it's definitely frustrating, especially this time of year and with all the COVID stuff that's actually going on to, uh, to, to do something like that. It's just not, it's just not right. But anyway. Um, tonight we got two great guests. We're going to start with the uh, head coach of the, the Denver Pioneers, David Carl, for a few minutes, just to get his feeling. Uh, when I did set this up, uh, Paul, and, and for the listeners, uh, I wanted to, to try to get a feel for the World Juniors from different perspectives. So uh, you and I had our perspectives. Uh, we're going to have uh, David Carl on from a coach's perspective. What's it like? What's it like to send your player or players there? Um, is, is it good, bad? We'll, we'll get into that with David for a few minutes. Then we're going to bring on Alex Heinert, uh, a broadcaster who uh, covers UND hockey for Midco Sports and also is the uh, new voice of CBS Sports Network covering the NCHC games uh, in the second half of the season, if you will. So we'll have Alex on. We'll get his opinion from a broadcaster's point. And then tomorrow night, we're bringing on Josh Doan, a kid that was actually in the, uh, the tryout camp this summer for Team USA has a lot of friends uh, that are playing, and not only on the American team we found out, but also uh, on different teams. So we'll have a chance to visit we, with. Uh, did you find? When did we find this out? Uh, well, the goaltender from Chicago Steel. Oh, I, yeah. I well, found okay. that out. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So that that was a goaltender that uh, played with him, helped him win a uh, Clark Club Clark Cup championship, and now is uh, is playing for. Uh, for Slovakia. So right. we'll get a chance to visit with Josh about that and get a feel for how, how, uh, you know, it is from a player's perspective. Uh, he was very, very close to making that roster. Yeah. And, uh, and then still have friends there. And Matthew Nyes, of course, one of his close friends. And uh, we'll get a chance to, to hear from Josh tomorrow. So we look forward to that. First things first, though, Connor Bedard doing his thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. 16 well, year old hat trick already yeah, for team I Canada. Mean- I, I don't care what level, you know, the, the, the opponent is. I mean, he's still the youngest guy by far, I believe, in this tournament. Um, and he's got three and had three in the first 30 minutes of the game. So, um, uh, it's it's just uh, uh, it's just crazy how good he's been in this first game and a half uh, as the Austrians finally get on the board with a breakaway. Um, but um, he's him and Mason McTavish have been the two best players for Canada. Yeah, I'm not saying something on and that that's roster. Saying something, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, even though Owen Power had a hat trick uh, uh, the other night, and the first defenseman to have one in 
in this tournament for Team Canada. Uh, Bedard was still there, and McTavish were still their two best players um, in that first game. And, uh, you know, uh, Bedard has just been all over the ice. Um, and like I said, uh, it's it's six to one now as they you know get ready to end the second period. But um, <laughs> that's crazy. Have three goals in thirty minutes at sixteen you know, years old against the best competition under yeah, twenty uh, in the world. <laughs> and, and 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 the crazy part about it is, uh, you know, we 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 don't get to talk about a U.S. game because uh, they're yeah, undergoing a mandated quarantine. That that's where I was going to go. Um, that and we don't get, to, and, and we don't get last night. Jasper Wallerstedt against Slovakia for Sweden uh, turned away forty eight shots and a three nothing win. I mean, we don't get to talk about that um, because there's all these other things to talk about. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and uh, the U.S. Uh, it, I I don't know. I don't even know where to go from here because it's such a bizarre thing to have happen, but uh, COVID has been bizarre in every way, shape, or form for the last two years. So I guess we, nothing should just surprise us, as you like to tell me all the time, uh, yeah, and take it one day at a time and see what happens. So we still don't know, I don't believe, do we, Paul, uh, whether there's going to be a game against Sweden tomorrow? Well, uh, Wait, what's it going to be, a one-day quarantine? <laughs> I guess they want to see if anybody else tests negative before they make a decision. Ah, goodness gracious. I'm, I'm anyway. sure that uh, if they haven't been tested yet again tonight, that they will be. And maybe again in the morning. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, Paul, by any stretch. I'm not a virus doctor. I don't understand the virus. Uh, I'm just confused as to how you can be positive one day and then a negative the next, and then you can play one day and you can't play, and then you're supposed to quarantine for 10 days. Don't now they're saying five days. Out. Now apparently this quarantine is a one day or a possibility of a one day. I, oh, I'm, don't I'm try just, to figure it out. No, I'm not going to um, because in about five minutes since, we're going to have David Carl on and we'll, we'll talk uh, hockey. <laughs> especially since uh, these guys have been uh, – were quarantined and, and et cetera or whatever the heck they want to call it for about a week and a half before this all started anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just go figure. I, you can. You can't no, figure not, it out. Try, so. <clears throat> you just rack your brains on it. So anyway, we thought we were going to have two games. Uh, we have one. Uh, tomorrow we're scheduled to have four games. But again, anything can happen because the U.S. and Sweden uh, are scheduled to play tomorrow. So what, what I'm – and one of the questions I'll ask Coach when we get him on is, um, how, how do you work that as a coach? I mean, how, how do you deal with that? I don't know if he knows. He, I don't know if he does either, but um, I'm sure uh, he'll have thoughts on what he would do if he were in that situation, and maybe he'll tell us, maybe he won't, but uh, we'll ask him. Um, so quickly before the coach comes on, um, let's talk uh, about what's going on as uh, Denver will host a New Year's Eve, New Year's Day celebration with the Nanooks, who's a, a really interesting hockey team, Paul. They're going to be on the road for, for 10 games. That's five weeks. Eh, five weeks <laughs> uh, to play college hockey and some of college hockey's eh, best. They're playing Arizona State. They're playing Denver. Uh, yes, it is news. Um, anyway, so they they will We're be traveling. Coach. They'll be traveling the country uh, to do that, and um, and they're uh, starting in Denver this weekend. But the, also the ties to Denver. David Carl being an Anchorage native, 
and the, both of his assistant coaches used to be the head coach, assistant coaches, and players at Alaska, at Alaska Fairbanks. Yeah. So uh, I had a nice visit today with uh, Tavis right. McMillan, uh, one of the uh, assistant coaches. He was uh, a lot of fun. He told me a story about a moose. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, a couple and, of stories and, about a moose, which I thought were pretty cool. Right, and and I also like the fact that uh, you know, and and no coach, you were not speaking out of turn. It is the right thing to do. As you said, your former coach mentor, Ron Mason, uh, would would say, we have to help everybody and help college hockey, not just ourselves. Um, I realize I'm not an athletic director at one of those other places, but, I mean, you know, if, if Ron Mason and Frank Saratori are saying we have to do this, who am I to argue? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me just fill in the audience what's going to happen here in a couple of minutes, we hope. Uh, David Carl will be calling in, and we will connect him on a three-way call with myself and Paul and, and uh, Coach himself. And uh, we'll talk a little hockey. Then we will take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll bring on the, uh, the voice of Midcoast Sports and UND Fighting Sioux Hockey. I'm sorry, Fighting Hawks Hockey. And uh, also the new voice of CBS Sports, uh, Alex Heinert. And we'll have a chance to visit with Alex uh, for the second half of the show. So that's how it'll happen. If you hear a little break, a little pause, don't go away anywhere because uh, we'll be right back. It's just a matter of us doing the connection. Sometimes you have to do it that way, and that's the way we will do it. So uh, we anticipate just a couple minutes we'll be talking to uh, to Coach uh, Carl and find out uh, you know a little bit about his team, obviously, and uh, his thoughts on the World Junior. He's got Carter Mazur, one of his star freshmen, um, playing for Team USA, and I'm sure he has an opinion. I asked him today. Uh, about uh, Carter and what he thought about his style of play. And uh, both him and Bobby Brink told me that uh, they expect Carter to play that way because that's just the style of his game. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, and it, it, it was it was definitely – he was definitely the guy that was that was the most in your face yesterday for the – or Sunday night for the, te- for the U.S. team. And um, I, I, I'm just curious to ask the coach – uh, since he's probably been in these situations before, when you're trying to put together a team like this and you have such a short time, are there things you can look for? To, yeah, that's to a great question. Get, that is a great get your question. Team for together quicker. Yep, absolutely. And I'm sure he will have answers to that as well. Um, hopefully we'll have him here in just a minute or two. Uh, so as we kind of not stall, but just kind of uh, get ready for that. Uh, uh, Providence beat Bowling Green tonight. Right, Wisconsin six to two in the Fiserv, uh, Fiserv dot com, whatever they call that whatever tournament up there. Um, good win for Providence over 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 a a, a a pretty good Bowling Green team and w- without their head coach too. Yeah, yeah, Nate Lehman over at the World Junior Tournament. You know the head coach, Team USA, um, and I'm sure that uh, you know he's. I'm sure he's got to try and figure. He's got to try and figure this out for sure. Uh, Wisconsin and Yale are playing in that other game, and there is no score uh, midway through the first period. So there is World Junior stuff going on. There is actual uh, NCAA hockey going on now. And of course, uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday, the Arizona State Sun Devils will be hosting Cornell. 
which is uh, a huge series. And here, Coach is calling me, so let's uh, okay. take a quick break, and we'll come right back. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is another World Junior Championships. We're doing a uh, uh, four-night series. We're pleased tonight to be able to bring on the head coach from the uh, University of Denver, the Pioneers, uh, Coach Carl. David Carl is going to be joining us in just a second, and uh, we'll be talking a little hockey. So uh, without any further ado, Coach, how are you tonight? I'm Noel Scott. Thanks for having me on uh, to you and Paul, and um, hope you guys had a great Christmas, and Holiday season. Happy to be on with you. Well, we're you know, it was it was, uh, it was, it was uh, mellow, and you know the break is always welcome. Yeah. Coach, I had the chance to visit with you a little bit today as you prepare for uh, a big weekend with uh, the uh, Alaska Fairbanks Nanooks coming to town, and you're very familiar with them. So, before we jump into the World Junior stuff, uh, tell us a little bit, if you can, about uh, your connection to Alaska for those that don't know, and certainly your assistant coaches. Yeah, well, I was uh, born and raised in Anchorage, uh, Alaska, which is uh, about a six hour drive south of, of Fairbanks, 45 minute flight. Um, my dad was actually, for a better part of his life, raised in Fairbanks. Um, and so a lot of family connections, um, to the Fairbanks area as well. And, um, obviously Alaska is where me and my brothers got our start into the game and have tons of family up there still to this day. And, um, and then Dallas and, and Tavis both having played at, at Fairbanks, uh, teammates together, both had coaches of the program, um, at different periods as well. And, um, you know, just thrilled to be able to have uh, the Nanooks into our building this weekend. Um, you know, we were up there two years ago, uh, the start of the 1920 season, and, um, you know, welcome them back on our schedule and into Magnus uh, here this year. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's fantastic as far as uh, bringing uh, them here. And uh, they're starting a really big road trip. You were telling me today is, what, ten game, a 10-game road trip? Yeah, it's it's uh, ten games. Looking at their schedule, they they're all meeting here in Denver as a team, and then I believe they go to Maine uh, next, and then Minnesota, uh, then Vermont, and then Arizona State. Um, you know, so they're yeah they're out for a while here. They might go back home. There might be a bye week in there where they get to go back home. But you know, the independent now um, not having played. Uh, last year and having to be an independent this year, you know, I know it's challenging for them to to build a schedule and to get a lot of home games. So they're they're certainly road warriors this weekend or this year, um, and I think it plays into their identity as well. They're a very resilient team, hardworking, um, make your and everything that you get from them. And uh, Eric Large has done a great job putting their schedule together and um, really keeping the program um, above water here in a, in a really tough time where, you know, the WCHA disbands and kind of leaves them out, um, in the cold in, uh, in the new CCHA. So, um, you know, we're thrilled to have them and, um, you know, again, Eric's done a great job with their program. Coach, uh, a quick question and, and, and I actually have it. It'll, it'll kind of dovetail into my world junior question. Uh, a few weeks ago, you guys were, uh, struggling on the road. And you, you you took the team on a four game trip and got three out of four, um, and and kind of got rid of that bugaboo. Now you almost have kind of the op uh, 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 an opposite kind of problem, where 
your team has kind of got the confidence back, and now they're playing a team that that they could overlook before you get back into conference play after uh, a break for a holiday and, 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 and not having played a game for two or three weeks. Uh, is there anything or are, are there things that, that we don't see that coaches do to be uh, on top of these guys to make sure that they don't overlook somebody? No, I mean, I don't think um, nothing that you would consider rocket science. I mean, just, communicating with the leaders on your team about the importance of the weekend, communicating with your team on the importance of the weekend and, and just making sure that we're dialed in and um, non-conference games are arguably um, more important than conference games with the pairwise uh, factored back in this year. And um, the fact of the matter is um, winning at home, regardless of the opponent um, doesn't help you as much as winning on the road. And, but losing at home um, can really hurt you versus losing on the road. There's a there's a an imbalance in the pairwise that that is put in where you get rewarded for going on the road and winning, um, and you get hurt more for losing at home. And so, um, you know, our leadership group they've they've been around college hockey for a while. They understand how the pairwise works. They know that you know this weekend is critical. Um, you know, we, we can't help ourselves a ton in the pairwise being that they're home games, but we can certainly hurt ourselves a lot um, if we don't come out prepared to play against, again, a Fairbanks team that's won three in a row, uh, been in a lot of close games, most recently up in Duluth, um, a team that I think uh, plays to a really good identity and is starting to improve. I mean, you give them a lot of credit. They didn't play it all last year, and so you knew it was going to take them a little bit of time um, this season, and I just think that their staff and their team um, they're starting to get it going here a little bit as to what they are. And um, so we're, get, we're getting a real good hockey team coming into our building. And so it's just being honest and sharing, um, you know, facts and, and information with the kit, with the players. You know, I, I was watching those games against Duluth, and they could have won either one of those games. Yeah, no, absolutely. They could have, um, you know, they're, they're, their team, again, they, they work very hard and, um, you got to earn everything you get from them. Coach, before we jump into a couple of World Junior questions, I want to ask you, uh, uh, when I talked to Coach Powers recently, he said he thought this year might be the most parity he's ever seen in college hockey. Your thoughts on that? This, sorry, you broke up a little. This year might be the most what? Sorry? Uh, the most parity, he said, in college hockey that oh. he's seen ever. Yeah, I mean, I um... – I don't disagree. I mean, I think that, you know, the fifth years, the grad transfers, certainly at the, at the top, there's created a lot of parity, um, you know, probably extended some teams windows um, a little bit, but they didn't have the turnover that they normally would have without the, the fifth year players. And, um, you know, so I think that there's, there is more parity because of that, because the player pool was bigger Um for all the programs from junior hockey um, that we could have or uh, 50 year players. So it was just a bigger player pool. So it's made college hockey better. And um, I think has narrowed the gap um, a little bit. And you've seen obviously all the different, you know, teams ranked number one, there seems to be um, a top tier and then, you know, a second tier and there's a lot of movement within both of them. 
Coach, I want to ask you also, uh, you have uh, Carter Mazur playing uh, with Team USA. And as a coach, uh, I'm sure you're proud of the fact that he earned that spot. Um, but is it difficult to watch him go away? Like You had Bobby Brink last year uh, gone away for that time. But is it difficult as a coach or is it just next man up theory? No, it's not difficult at all. Um, you know, there's certain years and Sean Barron's would have been there as well. Um, had he not been in COVID protocols, um, you know, I, my opinion, Carter Savoy should have been on team Canada, um, too. And so, you know, going into the year, we were planning to, to have, uh, three players potentially gone, maybe even four. And so I just think it's a part of it. And it's a great opportunity when players are away or players are sick, um, for other players in your program to step up and contribute. I mean, you, you're constantly preaching to the guys who are maybe in and out of the lineup that, Hey, just bide your time, keep working hard, keep your nose down, keep working. You're going to get your moment. Um, and this is that moment for, for some of our guys where it's been tough for our forward group, um, to get into that lineup. And so without Mazer, um, you know, with us, we got another, you know, we're injured with two other guys. We're going to play every healthy body we have, um, up front this weekend. And I'm thrilled to watch, um, some of these guys who haven't had as many minutes, um, be able to contribute coach uh, another kind of overall group question I'm sure you've been in these situations uh, where you've got guys that uh, have to be brought together for tournaments like this uh, at at one level or another Uh, are there things one or two things that coaches look for to see how quickly or they can get guys to, to, to come together and, and play together, uh, even because of the fact that even if they've had training camps, they they were months apart from, from the actual tournaments themselves. Uh, you're, you're like referencing the world junior team and those guys yes. coming together yes. and how do they do that? Um, yes. yeah, no, I mean, that's a, it's a great question. I think it's, it's the real conundrum for, for coaches in that scenario. I, I have never been in that position um, where I've coached internationally. And so I'm probably not the best person um, to speak to. I've, I've played um, in one international event uh, prior to my retirement. I was on the Linka team, um, you know, a number of years ago. And it just felt like the, the most important part was trying to get to know each other Um you know, and, and you're trying to build a team and a bond um, that you would have throughout a whole year, and you're compressing that down into a really tight schedule. And I think what makes teams successful is um, they trust one another to execute the roles um, that, that the staff has entrusted them to execute, and um, they can look across the room or the guy next to them, and, and they just have a belief that that guy has their back. And um, in order to, I think, build that, you have to have relationships. And so my guess is, and what we did when I was on the Lincoln team was it was a lot of time talking to one another, trying to get to know one another, um, and trying to get as close as you can off the ice so that the on ice chemistry came quick, quickly. And, um, you know, I thought our group did a good job of that back then. We ended up finishing second, unfortunately lost to Canada in the gold medal game, um, over in the Czech Republic. But I think that's, that's the whole gist of it. You're trying to build a team within a short period of time. It's a real challenge. Um, but there is a common goal. And when you got a USA jersey on, uh, you know, on your crest and you're wearing your country's colors, 
um, you can you can check a lot of egos and a lot of things at the door to, to come together and sacrifice for that um, on a short-term event. So, um, you know, I'm sure Carter is up there doing a great job and, and the team um, coming together really well. Okay, Coach, final one for you. We'll let you go on this one. Um, crazy COVID. It's been almost two years now that we've been dealing with this stuff. Were you surprised at all today when the announcement came out that uh, Team USA was going to be uh, forfeiting, postponing, canceling, whatever they said? Did that did that surprise you, or are you at the point right now where it's like nothing surprises you with COVID? Yeah, I don't um, It's a great, great, great question. Um you know, I know they didn't have a lot of positives. And so, um, you know, you're, it doesn't surprise me that they, that they would postpone the games given the environment, um, that they're in with international hockey being in Canada. We all know that the restrictions up there, um, are far greater than in our country. And certainly some parts of our country are much looser than others, um, when it comes to it. And so, um, it's disappointing, certainly, um, for the players and the staff. I mean, they, the countless hours, um, you know, that they put into it and have it all kind of snatched away on, on a few positive tests or a couple positive tests, uh, potentially is, is disappointing. Your heart goes out to the staff and, um, obviously, you know, Carter for us and, and many of the players that are up there. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I have a real strong opinion on it. Um, it is what it is at this point, uh, you know, with, with the restrictions that they're operating in up there. And um, it's just disappointing more than anything. And you, you feel for the, the young men that are involved. Coach, we appreciate your time as always. I know you got a busy week. I will see you this weekend. Uh, good luck this weekend, a New Year's Eve and a New Year's Day bash with the uh, Nanooks. And uh, we'll continue to follow Pioneer Hockey. Thanks for joining us. Sounds good. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Paul. Um, Happy New Year, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. That's the head coach of the uh, Denver Pioneers, David Carl, joining us. Paul and I will be back in about two minutes to bring on our next guest, the uh, voice of Midcoast Sports and CBS Sports Network. We'll be joined by Alex Heinert in two minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of Summer Skate. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. 
broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, this is College Hockey Southwest Live. It's the third of four shows in a row highlighting and featuring the World Junior Championships, but have become crazier by the moment. Scott Strandy with you from beautiful Blackhawk, Colorado tonight, about 8,537 feet above sea level, to uh, be honest with you. My co-host, Paul Hornstein, is about 10 feet below sea level in his basement in Long Island, on Long Island, New York. And uh, it's our pleasure to bring on the voice of Midcoast Sports, UND Hockey, CBS Sports Network, uh, a little bit of everything. Alex Heinen, Scott and Paul with you tonight. How are you? Uh, I'm good, fellas. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Oh, we're good. We're really good. How are uh, your holidays? Are your Christmas, uh, by the way? Uh, great. Yeah, great time with family. Um, it's it's nice that you know Christmas falls into that period of time when there isn't college hockey going on. And, and so it was great to get to spend some time with my kids. I've got three little ones now, which is great. So my wife and I had a great time with our, with our little family and our extended family as well. And um, just priceless, priceless stuff. Well, I mean, that's what it is, right? I mean, um, when they get a little older, it, it still can be fun. It's just not the same as when they're like four and five and and and, 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 and that toddler age where mm-hmm. just, it just the, the smile goes from one ear to the other. And um, they're just, you know, they're just. They're digging in, actually digging into the stuff faster <laughs> than you can take the than you can take the video, right? Because it's just yep. I'm done with this one. Let me rip open the other paper, <laughs> and, and you don't even get a chance. Did you like that? Well, I don't know. I'm too busy unwrapping stuff. What's the next thing exactly? Yeah, <laughs> Alex. Before we go any farther, t- tell my friend out on Long Island, New York, what the temperature is up where you're at right now. I don't want no. Don't tell me because I don't oh, want to know. <laughs> tell him what it's uh, like. <laughs> right now, negative uh, nine is where we're at right now, oh, as, I, as I double check. Um, and that's going to be that's like going to be the the best it's going to be. It's uh, <laughs> we so with Midco, we're we're doing uh, these these high school hockey games in Fargo this week that are outdoors. Right. They have this great West Fargo Winter Classic that's going on, <laughs> and I mean it was just just brutal today and tomorrow is supposed to be worse so some of the games have been moved indoors and so one of the games i was supposed to do a high school girls game tomorrow is now not outside so it's just funny it's it's a great idea to do these sorts of things but then you kind of remember oh that's right it's going to be negative 20 degrees with the windshield maybe it's not maybe it's not the best idea but awesome experience for the kids when you can get it in so but that's that's what we're going through right now winter winter is is here 100 it's not the parents great for the kids they're skating oh my gosh around the parents the parents if you're sitting there for three plus hours i can't imagine how you do it it's just not all the hand warmers in the world can't cover you for that amount of time that's up sure no alex my my daughter and son-in-law and grandson uh spent christmas at uh their in-laws in western far western north dakota and I think it's taken them two days to finally get back to uh, Lake Elmo, Minnesota, <laughs> with the weather that it's been. So we're thankful yeah. that they made it home safely. But goodness gracious, uh, that weather can change in a heartbeat and can get really cold really quick. And, and you're going through it now. But okay, so let's jump into this thing. The captain of the uh, Team USA World Junior Team is a fighting. Oh, I almost said uh, it. Fighting hawk. Uh, <laughs> All tell good. us about tell us about uh jake sanderson and uh, tyler clevin and just how good they are you get to see them almost every weekend right yeah i do and um it's a 
it's really a privilege. It's it's so much fun to see those guys do what they do. I know that there was so much hype. I think for for both. Obviously, when Jake is the number five overall pick in the draft, that that raises the level, you know, and the profile of, of what you expect a freshman's going to do. And he was phenomenal last year in his first season in college hockey. And I think everybody expected him to come back just because he's a true freshman. You know, he's he's eighteen coming in. He was the youngest player on the team last year. Uh, but there was always that uncertainty given Ottawa's state of the franchise. Where are they going to make him go and sign? And <laughs> and uh, it was just such a lift when, when so many of the other players on North Dakota's team that had won back-to-back Penrose Cups signed pro deals. So they had eight players sign NHL deals in the offseason. For Jake to say, no, I'm coming back for my sophomore season, that was a huge boost for everybody. And and he's been as good as advertised this year. I mean, he's he's one of, if not the best player in the college game right now. And, you know... He's just uh, he's a point per game defenseman that does everything on both ends of the ice. I mean, there's a reason why Nate Lehman had him out there for four plus minutes more than anybody else on the ice in Team USA's opener the other day against Slovakia. I mean, the kid's just elite. And then Tyler Clevin, too. I mean, Tyler, again, was roommates with Jake with the national team development program. You know, those guys have been good buddies for a long time. And and Tyler, again, stepped in as a freshman and was great at the blue line. He's improved this year as well. Guy's got a bomb of a shot and just wipes people out. I mean, just an unbelievable physical defenseman that has a little more offensive flair to his game than people give him credit for. And those two were both on the World Junior team last year that won a gold medal. They're going to play a really big role, certainly, this in this year's team, assuming this year's team can get back on the ice here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was going to – before we even got into that, I was, I was going to uh, ask the question uh, – can a guy like Sanderson, because he's so good and so talented, and Clevin to a certain extent too, and by the way, it seemed like it was a lot more than just four minutes than everybody else. Mm. Um, <laughs> can, he was out there can, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Can a guy like that almost get overlooked? Uh, in some sense, I suppose, because it all just seems so easy for him, you know, and, he, and he's not necessarily putting up like crazy gaudy numbers like some of these guys do, but he does, I mean, he does score and he, he he sets up his teammates and he just runs the game so well. And I think if from a national perspective, I mean, I think we've all listened to, you know, the national hockey podcasts and, and conversations and you read the pieces at the midseason report about, you know, who's a favorite for Hobie and who should be considered. And I didn't see Jake's name a lot. And I think it's easy to sort of overlook a, a really solid, steady defenseman that puts up big numbers, but doesn't doesn't like blow you away with his numbers, maybe. Um, it's, it's hard to say you would overlook a guy like that. That is such a blue chip, you know, captain of team USA's world junior team, top five pick, et cetera. But I know, I know opponents don't overlook him. I know that that's, he's typically one of the first guys that the coaching staff on the opposition talks about uh, when you have conversations with about what's, how do you, how do you line up against North Dakota? What do you try and do? Well, we got to watch out for 26 and that's, he's, he's a guy that draws a lot of attention. That's for sure. Alex, I want to get back into World Juniors in just a minute, but uh, congratulations on the new gig, if we can call it a new gig for you, with CBS oh, thanks, Sports God. Network, because um, that's that, that's fantastic. Uh, you're so knowledgeable and your voice is so good that it, it seemed like a natural fit to me, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing you and listening to you uh, in the upcoming uh, second half of the season. But your thoughts on, on the NCHC right now, and, and maybe college hockey in general, um, we just had Coach Carl on, and he said uh, flat out that he thinks, and, and a lot of coaches I've talked to agree, this is the deepest um, year uh, of and most parity in college hockey. Your thoughts on that? 
Well, it certainly feels that way. I, I think especially the depth of college hockey has gotten so much better where it's not really just a group of, you know, maybe five, six, seven, eight teams at the top that, that sort of dominate. And then there's kind of a middle tier and it really feels like anybody can beat anybody. And, and you saw that certainly in the way the poll played out, I think for the entirety of certainly all of November, there was a different number one every week. And these number one teams were getting picked off, not by like the number three or number four teams in the country, but sometimes teams that were towards the bottom of the top 20 or teams that were unranked. And that's a great example of the talent that is in men's division one college hockey right now. And it makes, <laughs> it makes scoreboard watching sometimes interesting. You know, when you're, when you're doing it, like for, for myself and Jake Brett, my color analyst on Midco, you know, when you get to intermission and, you, and you're looking up the scores to talk about them during the break, sometimes you look at each other like, gosh, look at this, look who's, <laughs> you know, Oh my goodness. St. Lawrence is beating such and such or Michigan tech just swept. What it's, you never know on any given week. And again, that, that's what makes the game fun. I, with that said, there are a lot of really good teams. You know, it's not like there isn't a great team out there. I think there are a lot of teams that could potentially be great. Uh, the biggest question again, like, like all this stuff is how, how much are these teams going to be compromised if they lose players to the Olympics now for a month and a half, or if they lose, you know, different members of their squad to, to COVID. Uh, you, you just don't know right now. But it's been a great first half of the season. It's been incredibly entertaining. You know, David, I, I listened to the conversation, David mentioning the transfer portal, you know, new faces and new places, guys getting opportunities to shine maybe in new roles or getting the extra year. You take a guy like Hank Crone at Northern Michigan, who's been unbelievable this year after playing for David last season and kind of being an anonymous player. He's been given the opportunity to really flourish under Grant Patoni, and we've seen the results of that. And same thing with North Dakota, like guys like Chris Jandrick, who didn't play last year at Alaska because they didn't have a program, or Brady Ferner, those guys getting the opportunity to shine. It's, uh, it's made for a really unique year with a lot of new storylines that we're not used to. And it's personally, it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed watching this season come together and excited we still have a couple more months left. Well, I mean, Alex, isn't that make it even better? For college hockey when uh, when you have just and i hate to use them as the quote-unquote whipping boy because it's not right but i mean this has probably been atlantic's best non-conference season in a long time mm. i mean you know their winning percentage in non-conference games is about 35 percent it doesn't sound like that's a high number but um it hasn't been like you said they haven't just beaten up on the lower level teams either. Well, you're right. I mean, that's, that's a good example. I mean, Bentley's having a great season. Um, we've seen Canisius take down some good teams. We got to see Niagara in person at the start of the season. They came to the Ralph and, you know, a lot didn't, didn't get anything from that weekend, but you know, you can, you can see flashes that, you know, you know, these, these teams are going to be okay. And then that's been the case kind of top to bottom. And so that's what you want to see. You don't, you don't want there to be a doormat conference. You want to see that conference raise their level and we've seen that this season. And, and again, transfers have helped, certainly, to get, give, give some of those programs some instant impact. A lot of those programs have really good coaches, too. You know, I, that's that's made a difference as well. I think that's that's a good thing. Like you said, I 100% agree, a good thing for college hockey. Okay, we, we have to ask you this question, because I know that uh, you've had several interviews with Josh Fent Fenton, as so have I. And, um, were you surprised uh, with Josh uh, stepping away from the NCHC in April and uh, the second part of that is, were you surprised that he chose the uh, Summit League? Well, I think at first blush, I mean, when that news broke, yes, there was a wow, oh, I I did not see that coming feeling to it. 
But then when you think about it a little bit more, you know, Josh is a Minnesota guy. The Summit League's offices are based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So that's a chance to move his family a little closer to home right before his his boys get to be, you know, upper middle school, high school age. So that that part kind of makes sense. And Josh has been with the league since its inception. You know, he's been he's been here for now eight plus years, year nine of the NCHC and has done a phenomenal job building that conference into the best in the country, we believe. Maybe he's ready for a new challenge. The Summit League offers that where you've got not just the one sport, but this is, you know, a, a mid-major conference that offers a multitude of sports that you can now oversee. The familiarity with him with schools like Denver, North Dakota, and Omaha that are also in the summit, that has to help as well, where you're familiar with some of those administrators. It's um yeah, on paper, again, from a college hockey lens, you would say, why are you leaving the best league? in the college game to go to this mid-major with, you know, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like a lateral move, but in reality, from an administrative perspective, it does make sense. This is a step forward in his career, more sports to oversee higher profile. Again, men's and women's college basketball on a national scope is a bigger deal than college hockey. We, we maybe disagree that it's better, but it's, it is a, it is a higher profile sport. And so, you know, I, I, he's, he's such a good man and a, and a, a, uh, has done a phenomenal job with the league. And obviously, we, you know, as I'm covering North Dakota, covering the Dakota schools where I am, I'm still going to get to work with them on a regular basis in the Summit League. I call Summit League tournament games all the time, you know, for, for the basketball leagues. So I'm excited about that part of it that we get to at least keep him in our lives. But it certainly is a loss for college hockey. He's done a lot for the game, and he will certainly be missed in the NCHC. Well, I, for Close one, am jealous. <laughs> Go ahead, well, Paul. I was going to say, close to Augustana, as they try to build up. Yes. Not just um, hockey, which we look forward to, but you know they're they're trying to move their entire program to Division One, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, you're you're correct. That's my wife's alma mater, and so I've heard a lot about <laughs> about a lot about the Vikings and what they've been doing, and and it's it's awesome. I think it's exciting. The, their their facility is is going up, you know, on on campus, which is great, and. It's going to be an exciting thing for the Dakotas. Again, the first, I'm a South Dakota native. It's really, I mean, there's some pride that goes along with the fact that, hey, sure. we're going to have a Division One hockey program within the state. I think that's phenomenal. So, and again, they have tried to get into the Summit League a couple of years ago. The league wasn't ready to accept them yet at that time. Whether or not now the inclusion of men's D1 hockey changes, that we'll see. But um, there's certainly a school that adds something to this geographic footprint and to college hockey. And we're excited for that development for sure. Well, it's it's going to lead to more, or it's likely to lead, and I to to more realignment. And I and I know you know I don't mm. want to step on people's toes, but they're going to have to have a place to play, and um, it's it just keeps everybody wondering. All right, what's going to happen now? Because we have seen how the conferences like even numbers. We have, yeah, and I think um, you know. If, I think everybody That's read. One of my pet peeves. Alex. No, no, for sure. No, it is. Hey, even I mean, it's a lot easier to schedule. You know, when you've got ten or twelve or eight, you know, versus a, a crooked number, and so that's. There, there's going to be some conversations certainly in the CCHA, and and honestly, with Atlantic, with what happens in general, does a new conference form? What happens with Arizona State? What happens with the Alaska schools? What ha- there's there's a lot at Long Island. There are a lot of question marks out there. But we'll, we'll be w- watching and wondering intently as this all comes together in the next, you know, the next month, two, three years, et cetera. Who, who knows? But yeah. excited to see it all come together for sure. 
Speaking now, of the let place me ask where, you, oh, no, hold on no, a minute. No, let me no, ask him this no. first. Um, <laughs> my my co-host is an ASU alum, and I know that you're already planning uh, to do a game in uh, Vegas against yeah, Arizona State next October. Yeah. Um, Paul Paul has single-handedly been out there trying to get people to buy tickets, so there's not quite so much green in that building but <laughs> tell them tell them right now it's probably 75 25 at best right i would take that <laughs> oh boy yeah i think i would take I think that you, right now you might want to change yeah maybe change the percentages a little bit if it's anything like what we saw in nashville this past october with north dakota <laughs> penn state i mean that was 97 to 3 probably percentage wise in favor of north dakota and and it, it was the same story in vegas in 2018 when north dakota played minnesota i mean same thing and it's just these these North Dakota fans just travel like nobody else. And the, the university and Jody Hodgson and, and the Ralph Eichelstad Arena have done a phenomenal job of promoting these events, making them destinations for, for fans for their vacation. People just get so geared up for these things. And this I, I just think this will be no different. The fact that it's oh. at T-Mobile this time, a new opponent, it's going to be a lot of fun. So ASU fans, again, get out. We'd love it if there was a little more, maybe a little more balance. Listen, <laughs> I, listen it, I don't... It's a tough ticket to get. I get it, and, and, and this is why I've been beating on this drum since the game was even rumored. Um, you know, I just because, you know, I don't think any school's team or any school's fans for any sport travels like North Dakota hockey fans. Um, and, you know, I'm on one particular Facebook page just because I am. He wants to keep tabs, Alex. That's what it is. He wants well, to keep listen, tabs. Well, listen, it was, listen, it was, it was keeping tabs on Penn State, the game against Penn State, too. So mm -hmm. it's not just an ASU thing. But, the, you know, the day after the game was like, all right, let's get ready for Vegas. So I, I, see, I see it in action. No, I, I see it in action. So and 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 I tip my cap because that is uh, that is that is loyalty and dedication. The team has certainly given them a lot to cheer for over the years, and, and they have been very loyal in their support, and they're passionate. And, you know, it's a fan base that gets a little crazy sometimes if you, if you lose a couple of games in a row and wow, you want yeah, the coach's wow. head and all those things. And that's that's sort of the – you sort of – you know, it's a, it's a fan base that sometimes has a bit of a short memory, but you're not going to find one that's more passionate. That's for sure in this country. And it's it's a special group to get a chance to, to call games in front of, you know, weekend, weekends in and out, really. Uh, I mean, is that is that is why the, the word fan is short for fanatic, right? I mean, that's right. Mm -hmm. We've won 30 games in a row. We lost a game. Fire the coach. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Fire fire hacks still trends now and then, you know, and it's been it's been like seven, eight years. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, so let's bump back to uh, the World Juniors, and uh, you you lived through the pandemic, if we can, uh, in the pod. You know what that was like, mm -hmm. and you've seen all these crazy things like we've seen, the testing here, the testing there. Uh, be honest, were you shocked today when, when uh, this came out, or were you just going like, nothing shocks me anymore, it's a pandemic, it's, uh, it's COVID, who knows? Yeah, I think shocked probably wouldn't be the right word. I mean, your first thought is just, oh, no. You know, just just disappointment for for the guys, you know, for that group of young men that have earned the right to represent their country. And the fact that it it takes place right now in the midst of, you know, they've got two more games in, you know, less than 72 hours coming up 
after the Switzerland game that now is gone. And the fact is if, if things don't pan out in terms of positive or negative tests here in the next, you know, 12 hours, their tournament's done. And that's really sad, you know, and again, personally knowing two of the players very well and knowing a lot of the other guys from the NCHC schools, at least a little bit, your heart goes out to those guys. And so that's, that's really where I, I view it as like, yeah, we, we shouldn't be surprised probably anymore given the state of things and how there have been so many more cancellations and postponements and players being held out of every sport, you know, around the country, professional college, et cetera. But it is in a situation like this, where it just seemed like everything was good. You know, everybody got through the protocols, everybody tested negative, everybody on that team, staff included is vaccinated. You thought now that they're there, this should go on without a hitch. But again, things happen. And yeah. it wasn't a true bubble situation by all accounts. And you're interacting with, with people in the hotel or, or, or however, however this happened. And again, they, these could be false positives as well. But you just hope that things can turn around quickly and they can still play Sweden tomorrow night and still have a chance to qualify for the quarterfinals and continue this, this defense of their gold medal. That's, that's what you hope right now. Alex, can I piggyback on that just a minute? Because I had a chance to visit with Sean Barons. Um, I've covered Denver quite closely for the last three week, uh, three months. And uh, I had a chance to visit with him when he was announced going to the camp. And uh, all indications are he was going to make that roster. Um, yeah. And then, mm -hmm. then he goes to Arizona. They play Arizona State. And uh, the day after, he tests positive, And he's in protocol. And now he can't even go. Uh, to the yeah. to the, the tryout the the mini tryout training camp I should say so uh, I, just your thoughts on on it's not unfair isn't the right word because it is what it is but uh, it, it's really kind of upsetting isn't it that a kid gets that far and then doesn't even get the chance because of COVID. Well, it is. I mean, and we saw this last year. I mean, with Drew Camesso yeah. and, yep. you know, Bordalo and those guys. I mean, it was the same story. Like right before you were getting ready to leave, you know, to try out and essentially, you know, make the team. All those guys were shoe-ins last year, just like Sean, I think would have been this year. You know, it, it just, you just feel gutted. You know, it's, it's such a blow. But at the same time, too, again, for these young men, this is going to be, this is part of their story. And this is going to be a motivational tool for them moving forward. And I, I'm not, I feel like Sean is probably going to be aged out, I think next year, but there's a chance. I'm trying to remember what his birth year is. I'm not off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not sure. Obviously he's a freshman at DU, but I would hope that maybe he has another shot next season. And if not, you know, he's going to have a great NHL career someday and is going to be a phenomenal college hockey player. We hope we get to see him in a Denver uniform for the next two, three years before he jumps. And there, there's going to be things in your life that like this that pop up and it's a matter of how you deal with them, you know, and you can either let them stew and make you upset and, and hurt and sad and things like that. Or you can use them as motivation. And, and uh, even if it wasn't through no fault of your own, you can still move forward and try and find a way to overcome some of those circumstances. So hopefully he gets another crack at this uh, in 12 months time. All right. Here's a, here's a couple of questions for you, Alex, and they're kind of disjointed, but I'm going to ask them anyway. Um, what is <laughs> it, it? What, it, what does it feel like to have your name on a, uh, on a, on an award or a, whatever they give you a plaque or whatever as uh is this have, having your name on the same plaque as somebody's legendary in the journalism field is Eric Severide. Oh, uh, for those um, who don't know, that's uh, uh, a, a, an award that uh, Alex got for play by play in the Midwest. And Eric Severide, of course, that the, the very famous CBS news reporter and journalist. 
Yeah, it's special. It's humbling, I think, and and un unexpected. I mean, really, like the, I think all of us, anybody in this business would say, like, you don't go into broadcasting to win awards, of course, but at the same time, to be recognized by your peers or to be recognized by a group of people that know what they're talking about, um, it's yeah, humbling is the best word that I can use, and I just I still don't think of myself as, as an award-winning broadcaster or, you know, someone that's, that's on national television or things like that. I'm just a kid from South Dakota that just loves doing this and loves telling the stories of, of these players and these programs. And, um, and I, I'm just excited that things like this sort of allow me to keep doing that. It, it's a cool <laughs> affirmation, certainly, that, uh, that I get to continue this. So no, very, a very humbling award. And it was a, a really cool one to get to win. And the other question is, uh, as I sit here on Long Island, are you making Dave and Shireen bring you bagels every week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, we have not, you know, we have a call on Monday in which we right. will discuss. I, Dave and Shireen are the best. And I've gotten to know, I've worked with Dave. I, you know, I got to work with Dave last year in the pod right. and in the NCHC quarterfinals. And I, I got to know Shireen over the last couple of years. Every, every time CBS would come to Grand Forks, you know, you'd have a chance to kind of say hello and, and just chat for a little bit. And they're just phenomenal people. And so I know that if I asked, I'm sure they would make room in their carry-on well, uh, to make those tell, things happen. <laughs> tell them that I said to just do it anyway, that they should, that they, you shouldn't have to ask. Uh, tell them I said to make them bring you some bagels. And if he carries um, that much weight, Alex, uh, God bless you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, if well, they yeah, bring they the bagels, like, I'll, I'll bring the what? cream cheese and we'll be, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, um, congratulations, by the way, on, on getting the gig with CBS Sports Network. They, they couldn't have picked a better guy. Oh, thanks so much. No, I really appreciate that. And that, that's another one where it just is, I still have to pinch myself a little bit that that's actually happening. And it's, I, you know, I got to know Ben Holden again, well, during our time working yeah. in the pod together and just a phenomenal guy and in big shoes to fill. And he's doing obviously fantastic work with the KHL, which is a cool step up for him. And he's going to be doing NHL games again. They're crazy to not have him, him do NHL games this year, but uh, to get a chance to follow in his footsteps after leading that package for the first eight years of it, uh, is is really special. And so I'm going to lean on him and, and obviously lean on Dave and lean on, lean on Shireen and Carlos Di Molina, who's our producer, that's, that is that is phenomenal and has done everything under the sun. And I think that's it. The CBS crew, and I've just gotten to know them a little bit through calls and, and different things over the last couple of weeks, but it's a phenomenal team to get to work with. And I'm excited to hit the ground running uh, in January with David Carl's DU Pioneers yeah, going just to Omaha on January the 7th. I know we get we get DU the first two weeks in, in primetime on Friday night uh, against St. Cloud at home on the 14th and, and on the road against Omaha on the 7th. So really fun to get to see some great hockey here and to get to be a part of that team for sure. Well, Alex, that was the direction that I was going with it was because I will be here on the 14th uh, uh, for that one. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in person again because it's been a long time. <laughs> I'm right. I know. I know. Exactly. No, I can't wait. That's going to be a lot of fun to be out in Magnus. Always, always a great trip out to Denver. So looking forward to it here in a couple of weeks. Well, I, I look forward to and, 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 and I and just uh, I don't expect you to to respond to this honestly but now i think a lot of people will get to see just how good you are and uh i was excited mm. myself and i obviously I, i'm not getting a check and you're not writing me a check to say this um <laughs> wink that, wink wink shh, shh, don't tell anybody come on alex um uh that they that they they decided that this is the way they want to go and uh you know especially after watching you work in the pod last year covering all those games and all those other teams uh 
if people don't understand the recall and 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 the institutional knowledge you have so to speak is 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 top notch and and I would put it up against anybody that calls games in any sport. It's a big check, Paul. I got to write a pretty big check now. Well, listen, it's got to have at least one number on the left of the decimal point anyway. Um, but yeah. So um, how did that even come about? I mean, I know that it kind of works through agents and all this other stuff, but um, when did this no, guy to first get yeah. seed? No, that's that's a good question. Um, I think when, gosh, that's a that's a really good question. I suppose the first rumblings of this sort of started to happen around the NCHC tournament um, because CBS was coming to Grand Forks, and uh, you know they they had a couple different people like Rob Carlin obviously did the Frozen Face Off this last year and did a phenomenal job, and Steve Cangelosi had done some games in the second half as well with Dave, and they they had sort of been using you know, more, more NHL type announcers to sort of step in and kind of fill in, um, once Ben had left. And I think Dave during that tournament had just kind of said, Hey, just, you know, would you be interested in maybe like doing this with us next year? And, you know, if, if you are, you know, think about it and we can be in touch and I'll put you in touch with someone at CBS. And so that was kind of the first like sort of idea that maybe that would be a possibility. And then nothing, nothing really happens. And you kind of check in, at the beginning of the summer and, and um, there's, you know, CBS had reached out a little bit too. And we just kind of got connected with one of the people in their talent department. I don't have an agent. So I wasn't relying on someone making those calls for me. Yeah. So it was, it was very much Paul's ears pop up now. Well, (laughs) I I only say that because as, as I was going through, uh, you know, college and things like that and, and I'd ask people for advice and all this other stuff. And yeah. The one thing I never got told uh, was get an agent. And uh, and that's the one piece of advice I probably could have used a lot more than the other ones I got. And, and mm. more kudos to you because, you know, everybody that I know that you know, was in this business or is in the business, that's how they – got most of their jobs. So more kudos to you. Oh, I think a lot of that is just circumstance. Like I just happened to be lucky enough, you know, to work in a, you know, work at that time I was working in Sioux Falls. That's where Midco was based. You just sort of meet people in the business and you, you get these opportunities that way. And it just all became kind of organic. And obviously for me, like having the pod being a part of that, having our network broadcast that, that was such a great spotlight for me to show that I couldn't, you know, I, I could be, I, I could be neutral. I wasn't just a North Dakota guy, but that I could, could do games in the league. And I think that really helped my case a lot. And yeah, working with great people like Dave and um, the, the excellence of our crew, you know, I think our broadcasts are, are really good. And I would put them up against really any in the country, especially given our level. It's really special to see the, the quality of production that we put in. Um, all those things I think help a lot. It sort of makes it, it, it makes me look a lot better than I am. I think that we have such a good team, but, um, way too but yeah, modest, it, just, way too it is one of those things. Oh, you know, I, it, it's, it really is though. I mean, it's, if, if we don't have the work that goes on behind the scenes from our production crew, um, our director, our people at master control, et cetera, the graphics guys that make our broadcasts look so good, all those things, it, it you know, you don't get the kind of exposure that we get, or you don't get the opportunity to do games in the pod right. like we got. But, um, but no, it was, it was a, a out of the blue conversation in September then when things kind of started to pick up of, of um, that I was kind of a finalist, quote unquote, for the position. And then 
uh, CBS let me know that the package was mine if I wanted it, uh, you know, a couple months ago. And it was, it was just a thrill and really exciting that, that it came about. But um, I had a lot of people, I think, that I had worked with that sort of went to bat for me. Um, you know, I think that's the, those things make a big difference. And that's just a testament. Again, this is, this is one of those things where if you're a good person and you work really hard and you, and you do your best to treat other people the way you'd want to be treated or how they would want to be treated, you know, those things matter. And, and in this case that I think that that helped that, um, yeah, that, that I'm not a, that I'm not a huge jerk and wasn't difficult to work with. All right. Well, 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 yeah, all those things helped for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a question that doesn't make you have to talk about yourself, but, uh, um, please, please do. <laughs> um, obviously, we know about the hockey, and we know you do all all the other sports for Midco. Which one do you enjoy most besides the hockey? Ooh, besides the hockey, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I, um, I think the the easy answer would be just what, whatever one you're doing, you know, in the moment, because um, they're all fun. I think that's one of the fun parts about the job is that I get a chance to do football and volleyball in the fall, and then you transition right into hockey in the midst of that. And then you get to do basketball in the winter and, and then you get to do, and I love, I love soccer. So it's fun to do random soccer matches sometimes. And I love track and field to get to do that in the spring. I think the variety is really what makes my job currently right now so much fun. You don't get stagnant. You're always doing something new. You're always learning about these new teams and new programs and new stories. Um, I, I, I think if I was going to pick like point blank, I mean, honestly, I probably would pick soccer as the other sport that I really enjoy the most to call, but um, I don't get to do very many soccer games, but I love the opportunity to. But obviously, yeah, basketball, football, you know, track, I, I, you name it. I, I'm I'm all in. Um, all right. Well, let, we got to wrap it up with them. Right, but well, uh, I just let, wanted to add the, the other ask point. one yeah. more. And get one it more, in. And one more. <laughs> I know you uh, go you do all night. School, you do high school stuff too, right, on Midco? I do, yeah. Yep. Okay. So uh, how – when you – how much – does it make how good does it make you feel when you show up to that school for the first time? Because I, I can't imagine you've done every school, right? Um, when you go to like the smaller schools as compared to the the bigger schools mm. in the bigger cities, what's that kind of reaction like? I, f- I mean, for me, it's it's always exciting. Like I'm a small school kid. I mean, I graduated with a high school of 17. You know, I, that was my I, graduating class, and so smokes. so get and so that was kind of where I cut my teeth in broadcasting was just doing high school football. You know, and and some you know nine man football in South Dakota. That that was like my first sort of official broadcasting role on radio. Um, so really, going back to places like that. Um, that's that's home. That's that's familiar. So it's it's fun to get to have that experience, and then it, it's cool to juxtapose it to then calling a game at Bridgestone Arena, you know, in Nashville, in front of fifteen thousand people. I think that's that again is another reason why my job is fun and unique is that I can do again high school girls hockey on one day, and then do a UND game against the national team development program two days later, and then six days after that, you know, I'll do a game on national television. It's it's really fun right now. Again, that, that probably won't last forever, but right now it's it's really fun to get a chance to to put everything into a high school broadcast and try and do my best to elevate these kids and tell their stories and get pumped up when they score a touchdown or have a big spike or score a goal. And that's um I, I enjoy that a lot. It is fun to have the differences between <laughs> pro venues and small venues in North and South Dakota. All right, Scott, I'll put my All right. palms away. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you go on this one, Alex. Back to the World Juniors. Um, your gut feeling right now, it's kind of a two-parter, but your gut feeling 
Is Team USA going to play another game, or is their tournament over? If if we had to put you on the lie detector right now, what would your gut tell you? And second of all, if they do advance, um, is this Canada's tournament to lose, or is somebody going to upset them, uh, i.e. Yeah. USA? Yeah, I would say part one is they will play another game. I don't know if it will be their game tomorrow. I, w- I would imagine that you know they're, they're scheduled to play Sweden, Russia, I think the 29th and, and on New Year's Eve. I think for sure that Russia game happens. Whether or not Sweden happens, I, we'll, we'll have to see. But um, fingers crossed. But I, it's, I, there's a lot of balls in the air, and I'm not, I'm not I, obviously, I don't know, you know where they're at with these things. But um, if they do advance or if they are able to play again, they beat Russia, you know, they would have six points. They would certainly be in the knockout round. And yes, they would probably get Canada the way things are going, depending on how things would shake out, either in the quarters or in the semis. And I mean, that Canadian team, I mean, for, for goodness sake, I mean, seeing what Connor Bedard did tonight, I mean, goodness sakes. And Owen Power with the hat trick in the first game. And they have a lot of talent up and down. And they always do. But it seems like this year, especially after losing in the gold medal game last year, there's a little extra motivation, I think, among that group to do it in front of their home fans where they couldn't do it last year in empty buildings. I, I mean, they are the prohibitive favorites for a reason, and they will be a tough out, certainly. Can the USA do it? Absolutely. They did it last year. Different group of guys, but I think it's certainly possible. It would be a pretty big upset, though, if they pull it off. Very well said, my friend. Thanks for spending some time with us, and I look forward to running into you when you get to Denver um, for that St. Cloud series and and beyond. So thanks again for taking the time. No, of course. Thanks for the invitation, guys. Scott, Paul, you guys have a great new year, and yeah, we'll see you in 2022. Thanks Absolute, again. Absolutely. That is uh, Alex Heinert, the voice of Midco Sports, uh, CBS Sports Network, uh, you name it, the voice of uh, UND Fighting Sioux Hockey joining us tonight. Paul and I will be back uh, to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Live, the special edition, the World Junior Championship edition, in two minutes. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded All right, still got it Still got it Who's old now? Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. 
Indeed it is. College Hockey Southwest Live. Uh, show three of four. Tomorrow night will be our final show uh, for College Hockey Southwest Live World Junior Championship coverage. Scott Strandy with you from Blackhawk, Colorado tonight. My co-host as always, Paul Hornstein from uh, 10 feet below sea level in his basement at uh, <laughs> on Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, we only got about uh, two minutes to go, so um, give us give us your quick wrap-up on our two guests tonight because they were both phenomenal. Well, yeah, I, I like having all the information. You get it from different perspectives, and I didn't mean to turn the second part into a pom-pom session, but uh, uh, it just happened that way. Alex deserves it. You know, yeah, come on, I mean, he deserves it. You know, uh, I don't know how many of our, you know, the people that listen to us have had a chance to watch or, or listen to him, and uh, you know me, I'm very particular and, and very picky about uh, the people I enjoy watching and listening to, and uh, he's one of them. And, you know, when I talk about the institutional knowledge, um, you, you, when you watch games, just when something happens, he recalls it right away and there's no delay. So it's not like he has to look something up or, or is trying to remember a story because it's all there right away. And uh, he's very good at pronunciations. He does not get a name wrong that I've ever heard. Okay, and Coach Carl uh, is Coach Carl, uh, just uh, a wealth of uh, knowledge when it comes to coaching hockey. And sometimes you forget how young he is. Uh, He's a young man that that jumped into the sport as a head coach, very, very young, and has done a fantastic job with the Pioneers. And uh, I think it's just going to continue. Well, listen, I mean, uh, you know, people were criticizing last year after, you know, the the crazy season, but – do you look at, at Denver now and, you know, they're right where everybody expects them to be uh, on a regular basis. Okay. Um, just not just in the conference standings, but in the pairwise top five. And, you know, that's where we're used to seeing them. Absolutely. We'll say good night on that note. I don't think we could do it any better. Join us tomorrow night as Paul and I will be back to uh, wrap up the week the uh, College Hockey Southwest Live World Junior Championship Week. Take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our Three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue, Las Vegas style. And now available at our new spot at all Allegiant Stadium events. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Boost Mobile, bring your current phone to any location and learn how to get a new SIM card free when you switch to Boost Mobile. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, fabulous Las Vegas atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask and all of our Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, I will remind everybody to tune in tomorrow and hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, everything you can do superstitious wise 
Team USA will come through this uh, COVID adventure and be able to continue their play and get a chance to uh, defend their gold medal. Paul and I will be back tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time, special time again live on the Podbean app. Good night, everybody.